Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. As many of you know, I put surveys and polls on my community page on the front of my YouTube channel. That's right. If you go to my YouTube channel, you can click on the community tab, and you'll be able to see that I ask a lot of different questions of people who are subscribed to me or just watching, and I want to see where people are coming from, and also it helps me to register the idea of what is it that you'd like me to talk about. Now, all the topics that I put up are topics that I was already interested in talking about, but whenever you vote for it, and I see that there's a lot of people who want to hear it, that's usually the topic, although I planned on talking about it, but I'll get to it sooner, if that makes sense. And I'll spend a lot more time talking about the subjects and issues that you all agree with me on that you want to hear. If something doesn't get any votes whatsoever, or very little, I may still mention it, but obviously I'm going to focus on what it is that you guys want to actually hear about that I actually want to talk about. <laughs> when you get an opportunity, check out the links in my description. Um, you can check out my books, my music, art. I also have videos over on Rumble, and as many of you know, I run an international radio station. And uh, I can be heard on Amazon, Spotify, any of the most famous popular radio sites out there, radio outlets. I'm connected to them all. Uh, according to the people I work with, I'm connected to over 350 different outlets. That means that you're able to hear me in your car, on your favorite stereo and all that. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little bit of a throat issue. Let me drink some uh, coffee. Mm. So, yeah, just check out the links in the description. Definitely follow me on Rumble because Rumble allows me to talk about a lot of issues that I can't talk about on YouTube and my international radio station. I'm free to discuss a lot of things that would normally be considered hate speech or just way out in left field that YouTube doesn't allow or whatever. They're just not in the mood for that day. So if you want to continue to follow me in case one day you wake up and you find that I'm gone, you'll know where my content is. All my old stuff is saved on those uh, sites. And uh, believe it or not, I, I don't know if some of you know this, but Spotify has recently made it to where people can put videos on there. And uh, a lot of my broadcast, you will actually see me while I'm talking. Okay, so let's get into the survey and, and talk about it. Are atheists worth saving? Please vote and explain your answer. I just wanted to know how many people thought that atheists were worth saving or do they deserve to go to hell? Now, this is fascinating because I know for a fact that most of the people who are subscribed to me are either atheists or agnostics. I believe that 90% of the people who are subs subscribed to me are atheists and agnostics, and they subscribe to me due to the fact that I used to be an atheist. So it was interesting to find out that many of them think that God should save them. <laughs> and then the few percent who didn't think they were worth saving um, put below, I doubt that an atheist would say, yeah, I deserve to go to hell. That would mean that you would have to think that you, you sin and deserve it. 
in my next survey, someone put, uh, I put my good Christian friend TTR left this comment, the primary event that led you to conclude that atheism is a cancer seems to be in retrospect, a foreshadowing of pro pedo movements that we read. And, uh, it's basically, he suggested that after listening to a lot of my videos about why I left atheism, the main reason why he thinks that happened is because of all the uh, pedo circles, all the child molesters that are found in the atheist community. Now, I know what an atheist might say, but bro, what about the fact that there are Christians out there who, you know, molest their kids and, you know, they might bring up some kind of Sodom and Gomorrah passage where some guy had incest with his daughters or something like that. I get it. There's uh, There are some bad people in Christianity, but the problem is, is that although atheism is a smaller group, there seems to be more atheists who are sexually active when it comes towards children than Christians do. Christians are taught not to hurt children. They're taught not to do that. If someone goes against God and goes against the Christian code, then Christians are able to say that person wasn't truly of God. And I know an atheist out there might say, well, that's a Scotsman. You know, that's a Scotsman fallacy. You can't just say somebody doesn't, isn't something because they did something wrong. Actually, you can. Before the, the Scotsman fallacy even existed, <laughs> God already said there are going to be some who call out my name who are not of my flock. So you can make up as many cute little fallacies and bullshit that you want ladies and gentlemen but before those fallacies and the words and the labels for them were even invented god already said this was the case it would be like um somebody going out and killing a bunch of people and then uh, a bunch of christians saying well if they're killing people then they're going against what god says therefore they can't be that close in a relationship with god if they're going around murdering people and the atheist comes along and says well that's a fallacy because uh you know just because they broke the laws of god and the laws of man doesn't blah 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 you see it's kind of a stupid thing ladies and gentlemen and you know what's sad? I've seen a lot of Christians fall for that, too, where an atheist will bring up the Scotsman fallacy or they'll say something in an argument where, well, you're wrong about this. You actually, you know, broke the fourth wall in that conversation or something. But, I mean, come on, face it, folks. One thing I don't like about society today, ladies and gentlemen, is we keep coming up with all these new words to, dis to try to soften up the pitch of what the definition or the actual word used to mean. George Carlin did a big, long thing about this a while back where if a guy had PTSD that was in the military, it used to be called shell shock. It had a scary word that described something that was horrifying that was going on with soldiers who fought in war and who were traumatized. And now we give it some soft language and that makes people not care as much. You should hear the kind of uh, words they use for rape victims nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. A woman who was discomforted. That sounds a hell of a lot different than she was violated, beat up, thrown on the damn floor, screaming and yelling, and being hurt and harmed by whoever it is the perpetrator is. The woman who was discomforted. It almost sounds like she couldn't find a comfortable spot on her couch to watch her favorite soap opera. These new words are very liberal, they're very stupid, and they also... 
They're not to help out the victims. They're basically to comfort those who don't want to hear about it, is what it is. All right, so here are some topics I've been thinking about for video and radio. What do you prefer? And I gave people the choice, internet whores, failed relationships, soy weak men, destroyed nice guy abuse. Do guns and video games cause violence? Can people hurt you? Can porn hurt you? Race and incest, where does God fit in? <clears throat> Let me take a drink of my coffee. I've had some of you ask me, Brad, I hear you drinking coffee or milk or something like that, yet I don't see a cup actually coming up to your mouth or anything. That's because the, the what you're seeing on the screen is an artificial intelligence version of myself. You're actually seeing an AI that is um, moving its mouth whenever I talk on the microphone. Sometimes I don't feel like getting all prettied up for all of you, so my AI runs, and that's exactly what I look like, but that looks like me on a good day all the time. Sometimes I don't feel like brushing my hair and... You know, digging in my butt and doing whatever it takes, putting on makeup, getting all pretty for YouTube. I hope that doesn't bother you that you're watching an AI version of me, but it is me, so I didn't see how they would be like cheating or anything on a YouTube video. So can porn hurt you? I think it can. I think it can hurt you mentally on a subconscious level, and it can hurt you physically. One of the reasons why I believe that is uh, I watch a lot of true stories um, on like Netflix and a lot of these uh, video streaming sites. And I've watched a lot of interviews on YouTube with people like Jeffrey Dahmer. That's right. There's interviews of him. Ted Bundy, um, many of these serial killers, the Iceman. That's one of the most scariest interviews I've ever seen. And a lot of these people, they stated that they watched porn. And they make it clear they're very articulate. Most killers and serial killers and psychopaths tend to be very intelligent. Especially those who suffer from like manic depression and all kinds of other stuff. But they all have said that because of themselves looking at porn, it started leading to wanting to see more darker and rougher stuff. Where it started to get into violence, where... Men were basically whipping women, and women were beating on men in very abusive scenarios, and somehow combined with uh, sexual domination and such like this. And a lot of these killers, they said that it ended up making them want to go out and find targets. So for people who are already mentally ill, porn is very harmful for them. I think that it also is bad for like normal people who are trying to get into relationships or if you've had a hard time getting into relationships, um, what you expect sexually as well as mentally from your partner. See, a lot of these porn videos that you watch, it uh, gives you this idea that women just want to throw down with you. Know, it gives you this idea that this is the way people are all the time when they're not. Porn is a, a fantasy type of thing. It's like watching some kind of science fiction or entertainment where someone is acting and they're being goofy because they're trying to make money on a 
on one of these websites, and then you get to thinking that's the way women actually are, it can really cause some problems for you when you go out and try to get into a relationship because you imagine to yourself that the women that act the way they do on porn videos may also act the same way. It's also another thing, too. If you've ever had a partner, whether it's a guy or a woman, and you're going out with them and you think they're attractive and they do it for you in many different ways, but if you look at porn, you see all these people who are very muscular, especially if you watch like fancier porn, you see these men who look like a damn Skyrim character who are all built and muscular, have ding-dongs all the way down to their kneecap, and then the guy you're going out with turns out to have a wee-wee that can barely, you know, stick out long enough over his, um, well, I don't want to get too weird, but let's just put it this way. The porn always uses your most uh, endowed men. So a woman sees that kind of stuff, and she's going to think that that's the kind of guy she needs in her life in order to be happy. And if she ends up running into Joe Bob or the average layman on the street, and then he takes his clothes off, and she's like, well, Goodness gracious, you sure are lacking, sir. And the same thing, unfortunately, happens vice versa. Man watches a bunch of models on a screen, and then he goes out to try to get him a girlfriend. He's going to expect a certain type of figure, right? He's going to, ex he's going to expect a certain type of uh, the woman to be like what he fantasized about. And that's the problem with a lot of men and women. It's one of the reasons why marriages fall apart all around the United States of America. 85% of marriages fail, even for Christianity, ladies and gentlemen. Even for Christianity, because people get their idea of what they think the perfect woman or man is. And then instead of loving someone for who they are, we love people because we think they can closest fit our fantasies. And that's not good. It's not good because when you do that and then you find yourself in a close-knit relationship where you're like living with the person, it's like every five minutes you're going to discover secrets about this person. You're going to discover that they're nothing like the way they were whenever you met them, that there's much more to them. I myself, I got very lucky. The woman I ended up getting hooked up with he had a lot of the great things that I expected from a woman. And according to her, I had a lot of things she expected from a man. And I've been married for 30 years ever since. And we do well with each other. We're able to bounce off each other. But I've seen a lot of relationships fall apart where you got friends who say, man, she's just not. Um, like, for instance, one problem that guys have is. They'll hook up with a woman who's attractive and beautiful, but they forget that there's going to be a time that the longer you stay with the woman, the older she's going to get. The older the hips are going to start spoiling out. You know, it's like a, a vehicle. You get a really nice car. Um, eventually, as the years go by, the rust kicks in, the vehicle starts breaking down, and that's what happens to people. It happens on both sides. And you'll say to yourself, uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of men and women who objectify the other gender. And they'll say, well, it's time to refund this vehicle or send this shit to the junkyard and get me something new.
and that's really unhealthy for relationships. The difference between a woman or a man and a car, though, is that a car can actually be rebuilt and remodeled and refixed, but on an organic biological level, the only thing a woman can do is continue to slop on makeup, and a guy, well, he can wear nice clothes, but at the end of the day, sex involves people being naked, right? I myself, I'll be honest with you folks, I've actually looked into porn before, especially whenever I was an atheist. I looked into it. There were times where the wife was sick or wasn't feeling very well or she was out doing something, and I felt like I wanted to look at something. And I realized whenever I was looking at a lot of this, it made me lust. It made me sexually excited. It made me want to um, basically go exploring. It made me curious. I looked at all kinds of weird stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And for me, even though I've got a lot of willpower and I love my wife as much as I do, I'll be honest with you, it caused me to think about other stuff. It caused me to think about what it would be like being with the person that I've seen on the screen. And that's not good. It's not good. It's also not good if you are in the middle of having sex and you start thinking about one of those people that you were looking at or some woman that you were fantasizing about as you walked down the street. When I was younger, this was a lot more difficult to handle. It was a lot more difficult to deal with, to keep my willpower up, to keep my strength, to keep my desire from not going out and doing something stupid. But I know for a fact that if someone got right up in front of me and they were extremely attractive and they started pulling their clothes off and talking the crazy game, I know that it would be hell on wheels for me to will myself away from it. I have managed to be able to do it, and that's how I know how difficult it is. I've had a lot of women who've actually made passes, made moves. I've had women who said that they would do it right then and there with me, and I would have to... One side of me, the devil on one shoulder would say, yeah, buddy. And then the other side of me would say, no, 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 no. You wouldn't want your wife to do this. You got a wife and kids, Brett. Don't do it. Don't do it. So even the most strongest willed men will find themselves in a... It only takes five minutes. It only takes a little while to do something to, to commit a sin and then you can screw up your whole life. And now I'm older, I've become stronger, I've become more willed, so um, it's not as easy for somebody to say stuff. I get people who message me all the time or uh, email me and send me Facebook messages where they, and I'm not just talking about women, I get from both sides of the aisle where people say, man, I would love to be able to do this with you and do that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm married, I'm flattered, but no, thank you on that. <clears throat> I know some people probably wouldn't believe that. You'd probably say, Brett, you know, I've seen your videos where you were a younger guy and you were pretty attractive, but I don't believe nowadays, you know, where you're almost 50 years old, where people are doing that. Believe it or not, there's a lot of... Um, young adults and stuff like that who actually get turned on by senior citizens and older people for some reason it's weird right you would think they would go after somebody who's like a really young or whatever <clears throat> 
But yeah, whenever I was a young man, I remember whenever I used to visit those sites, they didn't just, even if you typed in what it is you wanted to look at, um, these sites tend to make sure that they put all kinds of different content on them. You know, they'll put people that are wearing costumes. Um, you could even find yourself looking at some videos and then notice to the right of it that there's somebody getting ready to do something with a horse, right? That's the kind of shit that you're going to find if you go porn shopping. You're going to find all kinds of weird things. So if you don't want to mess your brain up and cause a bunch of filth to get into your heart and your body, you want to stay away from that. You want to stay completely away from it because they will advertise everything under the sun to you and they sell it almost like it's drugs. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this. It's good. It's going to be good for you. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do. I, I think that for some people, it can actually cause people to become violent. I think some people, they watch videos where people are having sex and being violent about it. I think that some of this can really induce serial killers, rapists, murderers. I think that it can cause men and women, even if they're not wanting to, to objectify or fantasize about an idea of what they think people are when they're actually not. I think it can cause a lot of relationship issues. Um, I know that in the past when I've talked to friends, some of my friends have said that they let their wife look at porn or their wife will let them look at porn and it never caused any kind of issue. Well, maybe it didn't in the first five minutes of them telling me about that, but you wait a couple of years, sometimes months, and then that person ends up cheating or leaving. It's happened every single time. Every atheist or religious friend I ever had in the past who said that they allowed something like that to happen. Yeah, there's been some religious friends I've had who were a lot more liberal about keeping God's commandments than <laughs> than uh, what you would expect from a churchgoer, where they ended up allowing their girlfriends or wives or their husbands or their boyfriends to look at things, not thinking it was causing any problem, and of course, during the time, nothing had happened yet, so they would say, it's not causing me any issue. That's the thing about porn and about drugs, though. The drugs may not affect you right off the bat, and the porn may not affect you right off the bat. But eventually, when an opportunity comes along, as it always does, because that's what Satan does, he always offers temptation, you're going to find out. And there's nothing more terrible, is there, ladies and gentlemen? Than getting a text from your girlfriend telling you I found somebody else and they and they make love to me better than you. They do better than you. They're better in every way. And then you gotta sit there in the darkness and go, damn, what did I do wrong? Well, you let her watch porn all the time, you water let her watch sex on the television constantly, and she decided that she wanted to go exploring. It happens. I can't think, I don't know of anybody out there in social media that I've ever talked to, all these people out here who go, my wife or girlfriend did this, or my boyfriend or husband did this, and there was nothing wrong with it. Every single time you give it some months, maybe a year or two, and their relationship falls apart every single time.
And I bet 10 bucks that there ain't nobody out there that can get up on my live show and say that you were able to have a, a successful relationship if you got into it. So yes, at the end of the day, the topic was, can porn hurt you? I think that it can hurt you mentally, physically, and I think it can absolutely destroy your relationships. I think it also causes us to, not deliberately or intentionally, but it causes us to objectify um, men and women. So that's my thoughts on it. I'll talk about some of these other topics later. I always will make a video about the one that gets the most votes first, but I'll eventually get around to talk about the other stuff. Well, God bless you all. Well, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. As many of you know, I run an international radio station. You can listen to me on Spotify as well as Amazon and tons of other locations and outlets. Also, you can check out the links in my description. Check out my website, my music, my art, my books, and uh, everything else. Yes. So, as many of you know, I tell people out there that if they make videos to me and ask me questions or they want to talk, I will respond to them. So, here I am. I'm going to answer this feller's questions. He, uh, well, he might have the wrong guy that he's wanting to ask questions to because it looks like he says the Brett Keen show, but without an E at the end of it. I'm just kidding. Everything else he spelt properly. He just kind of messed up on the little banner thing. It's all good. I'm not some kind of grammar Nazi. Ooh. All right, let's see what he's got to say. And, uh, yeah. All right. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'll be rocking and rolling, living, loving life, rocking and just kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. So, question: You were you were looking for questions, and I guess the question I would have for you is, if you could tell tell your younger self something. You know, the most famous question. You know, is there something that you would, if you can go back in time, and tell your younger self um, a piece of advice? What would that? Have what would that be? Hmm. There's a couple different things I can think of. One, 
Brett Keen, uh, don't be an atheist. Don't go to YouTube as an atheist. Um, and never, never trust anybody that labels themselves atheist or agnostic. That's one thing I definitely would have told myself. On a more personal level, I probably would have liked to be able to uh, warn some of my loved ones who have passed away told them what was coming, you know, kind of go back and stop something bad that happened to a couple of the ones for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, John, last night, whenever I, uh, went to look at my YouTube channel, see if I had any comments on my latest video, apparently it was reported and I was reported on several other things, too. Luckily for me, though, I appealed. And then in the morning, whenever I woke up, everything was fine. Everything was good. So apparently those communists out there are trying to silence me as usual. And some good news. I also found out whenever I went out of my deck that one of the 20 cats that my wife allows to live around the house, which is, eh, we have all these cats because we let a lot of strays come in and we don't neuter them or anything like that because I don't believe in neutering animals any more than I believe in neutering humans, right? So we got a bunch of kittens. Yes, a slew of them. Oh boy. All right, let's continue on to the video. Device B. And what do you think is the biggest difference? Since you've been in many different communities and you've talked to many different people from many different backgrounds, what is the dif what is the biggest differences? What are the biggest difference between the different groups that you have talked to? Well, whenever it comes to social media, to be honest with you, John, um, I don't see a whole lot of difference between Christians and atheists on social media. In my real life, Christians are very loving, caring, and giving, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, very honorable, trustworthy people. Uh, in real life, most atheists don't uh, like talk about the fact that they're a non-believer, especially in a town like mine. Most towns in America and cities are filled with religious people. So atheists tend to only run their mouth on the Internet, so I don't run into a lot of them. But on social media, uh, I don't like them, John. I don't think that I can truly be friends with any atheist out there. There was a few that you knew of that I tried to be friends with that, and one of them I really, really tried to like, but I've caught a lot of these people who I tried to be friends with talking trash behind my back. So, well, not exactly behind my back. They were doing it on other people's live shows. I guess they figured I wouldn't hear what they were saying, but any one of them, I try to respect their trust. They, the stab you in the back. So in real life, that doesn't happen because non-believers are too wussified or pussy-like to uh, talk like that or act stupid like that in real life. And you know why. It's the same reason why a lot of people are tough on the Internet, but in real life, it's a different story. 
Uh, we don't have very many mosques around here. I'd have to go to St. Louis in order to be hanging out with, like, you know, Muslims. And as far as Jewish temples, there's not very many around here. So I don't really know if there's a big difference between the way rabbis and Jews are compared to the way they are on YouTube. But one thing I have learned is on social media, I would say 98% of the people are fake. They're artificial. And uh, they always got some kind of art. Oh, what is it called? Uh, agenda or what is the ulterior motive? There you go. I finally got it. I'm a little tired. I'm going to be, after I make this video, I'm probably going to go in, eat some powdered donuts, and get myself all fattened up and watch some reruns of The Blacklist or something with James Spader. So that's about the way it is, John. Um, I have noticed with pagans, I've gotten along with them pretty good uh, on social media. Don't know any in my real life. And you would think I would because I live out in the country, just about 17 miles south of St. Louis, but no, no pagans. Paganism's pretty damn dead around here. Okay, let's see what else you got for me, guy. That you can quantify, break it down on, a, on an easy-to-understand level for people out there. And then those who are out there, check out the links down below. We're now on Rumble, live streaming. Check out some exclusive content. And subscribe. Hey. Yep, that's right. I'm on Rumble as well. I actually like Rumble a lot. I think it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, it's suffering the same fate as Odyssey, where uh, the viewership's not up. But I've always believed that YouTube pumps up their views anyway and gives people the illusion that uh, more people are watching all of this than what is actually happening in reality. I believe that. I believe that YouTube is scandalous. Uh, liberals are all about the illusion and trickery in order to, you know, sell that bullshit that they do. Well, John, thank you for the video. Thank you for the questions. Yada, yada, yada. Um, hope you're having a good day. And uh, I don't have any clue when I'm going to do my next show. If uh, me and TTOR do something, maybe uh, you come along, hang out with us. I would invite you more often, but you always say, the topics are not really my thing, man. Or I would. Definitely. All right. We have a good one.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. When you get an opportunity, make sure you check out the links in my description. You can check out my international radio station. I have tons of content up there. Old stuff and new, all good. Also, you can check out my art, my merchandise, my music, and also some of my exclusive videos on Rumble. That's right. I've got like four or five channels on Rumble, and they're doing pretty good for themselves. It's picking up. Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to talk about why transgenders don't exist. I noticed uh, many of you realize I put surveys on my community page on YouTube. If you go to the front of my YouTube channel, you're going to see tabs, and one of them's community. When you click on it, you're going to see my polls, my surveys, all that kind of stuff. And also, I promote a lot of YouTube users by um, telling folks to go to their videos and all that kind of stuff. And also, people can post to me, and I can share their videos if I think they're any good. Well, one of the things that you guys decided was, as many of you know, I put topics up asking, what would you like to talk about? What would you like me to make a video about? And this was one of the topics that got a lot of votes on it. Why do transgenders not exist? The word transgender is basically a word that describes a person who feels as though they're something that they're not. We are all born a certain way. And then as we get older, either someone decides to choose for us what they fantasize for us to be, or we get some strange idea in our head of what we want to be. And some people actually become things that they're sexually aroused about. I'll give you some examples of this for any of you out there that don't understand what I'm getting at. There is a community of people out there, a group called Otherkin, and these people believe they absolutely are convinced that they are not human, but they're forms of animals and aliens and creatures. If you type in Otherkin on Google, you're going to see that there's a mental disorder out there where there are people who think they are tigers, cats, aliens, Martians, you name it. Some people actually, whenever they were a child, they read about mystical characters and fantasy novels, and their brain told them, that's me. I knew a guy once who actually thought he was a seven-headed purple dragon. I kid you not. He called himself Pookie. That's right. Not Puffy the Magic Dragon, but Pookie. That's what he thought he was. Now, folks, this is an extremely difficult word for me to be able to pronounce. It's a dandy. It's called autogynephilia or autogynephilia. I'm not exactly sure. It's kind of pronounced like necrophilia. Now, for those out there that don't know what necrophilia is, it's people who get sexually aroused by having sex with corpses, dead creatures, uh, dead people. There are animals out there, believe it or not, in nature that will have sex with a dead animal that's been laying there with flies all over it just because they can't control their hormones. Ducks do it all the time. They fuck dead ducks. I'm not joking. Well, what is autogynephilia? It's defined as a male's propensity to being sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female. 
I actually have a friend who has this problem. It's not a friend that comes over to my house or hangs out with me in real life. It's a person that's been watching my videos for the longest time. This person has a serious problem where what they do is they um, take pictures of themselves and then they put makeup all over and then they deep fake themselves and to look onto a human woman body. Okay. He takes his face, he shaves his face and then he uses filters and all that to make himself appear to be on extremely erotic looking human woman bodies. Now I know what some people are going to say. Well, your friend is really weird. That's some Norman Bates shit. That's like some psycho five type of shit. And you would be right. Even though this person is extremely nice and totally cool and has never done me wrong in any kind of way, they have admitted to me that they are, uh, they suffer from schizophrenia, mental illness, as well as a bunch of other stuff. They also share a disorder that I have called agoraphobia, where they have a hard time. It's not the same agoraphobia that I have, though. It's the my condition is it's hard for me to go out on open into open fields and open highways and all that. It makes it gives you anxiety. Well, for him, he has a hard time being around a bunch of people. So, we all have our own problems, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure if we dug deep enough, we'd find out that everybody's got this. Got some kind of problem. And I'll give you an example of something. Uh, again, there are people out there where they see themselves a certain way. We all have an illusion of how we see ourselves. Some of us see us as good and great people, and then... Sometimes we get this idea of what we'd like to be, but what we're not. Like there's people out there who fantasize about being rich all the time. There's people who fantasize about being a celebrity. There's people who fantasize about what it would be like if they had a big old palace. Little girls fantasize about being princesses that exist in castles and stuff and that some white knight is going to come save them on a big white horse. You see, we have three different versions of our consciousness. We have who we are, what we want to be, and what we wish we were, if that makes any kind of sense. All of you have that. All of you see yourself as one way, and then other people tend to see you. And there might be some things about yourself that you wish you were that people might agree with you on. But even if people agree with you on it or they support you, that doesn't make it any less insane. You see what I'm saying? I'll give you an example. You get somebody who thinks that they're a fucking dolphin, right? And they're starting to go, ar, 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 ar. well, then they go to a doctor and the doctor tells them they need to be on medicine. They need to seek some therapy, some help and all that. Now, if they go to one of these transgender doctors and they say, I believe that I identify with a fucking dolphin, these psychopaths who found themselves in the medical field will actually say, well, you are a dolphin. You're a dolphin because your brain tells you you're a dolphin, and because you feel like you're a dolphin, then therefore you are. Some people out there take emotions and feelings very, very seriously. It's like a sacred thing. If you feel a certain way, then that must be what the deal is. That must be the entire reality conforms to whatever you delude yourself to believing that day.
And that's one of the reasons why I think people like this are so fucking dangerous. It's just as dangerous if you're to tell a person who thinks that chopping themselves up or cutting off body parts is good for them. Did you know that there's a, a group out there called the Trans Disabled? And these are people who fantasize about being disabled. People who fantasize about not wanting to have their own arms. People who think that having legs um, somehow makes them disgusted or aggravated. And they try to get doctors to actually chop their legs off or their arms. They want someone to butcher them. Some of these people have actually been known to fantasize about the idea of having their own head chopped off and then done like this. Did you know that there's actually a mental condition where some people fantasize about being dead and then raped by a necrophiliac? That's the kind of world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a world where people, <laughs> they get sexually aroused by all kinds of things. On Twitter, there's a bunch of people who've been filing out all kinds of reports on transgenders who've been breaking the law and doing crimes. <clears throat> and just recently, there's been people who've been pulling out their phone. You know how transgenders have been arguing about how they should be able to go into the opposite gender's bathroom? Well, because of this, and because the law keeps giving them a bunch of bullshit, now whenever a woman or a man sees a transgender getting ready to go into the bathroom, they pull out their cameras. Now, why do they do that? Because several times while they're getting ready to take their little daughter into the bathroom, they turn around and notice that the transgender's popping a wood. And what do I mean by popping a wood? Let me put it to you as dirty and as offensive as possible. It's basically a man dressed up like a woman who is sexually aroused by your little daughter or little son or you. And the very idea of going into the bathroom, um, they're sexually aroused by being able to be around other women while pretending also to be a woman. And that's a real thing. It's a real thing as I showed you here. So they're standing there wearing a skirt or extremely loose shorts and they're basically their genitals are sticking out. They're getting a boner. That's right. Big old boner sticking out. So your kids and you can see it. So what do the people do? They've got their phones on hand and they take pictures of us um, so they can show why it is they're not going to let that person into the bathroom with them. I mean, seriously, if you are getting ready to go into the bathroom, you're about to take a shit or piss, and you look behind you and you see somebody drooling and frothing at the mouth, you feel like you got to poop, and you got someone who wants to poke you from behind standing there, you're not going to want them to go in there because you know shit will hit the fan if you both go into the bathroom at the same time. Disgusting, I know, but unfortunately, a lot of women have had to put up with this shit. A lot of these people who suffer from autogenophilia and these people who are transgenders, a lot of them become this way. And you'll also notice that when you're talking with um, people who, are, and I'm not saying homosexuality is some kind of mental illness, but you'll notice the story is always the same. There's always some kind of parenting issue. There's always this, I didn't get enough attention from my daddy type of thing. And... What ends up happening is 
you perhaps haven't known, let's say that a, a young girl has grown up with parents who weren't very supportive or loving of her. She, get, she gets older and decides that she wants to get that motherly-like love from another woman, and she becomes a lesbian. And then there's these guys out here who didn't get a, a much affirmative love from their fathers, and they end up desiring that warmth that you're supposed to get from your father, and it turns into a distorted idea of what you think love is. Do you notice that homosexuals and transgenders, their concept of love is always sexual? Even transgenders, whenever they're uh, attempting to be like a woman, whenever they decide that they their delusion is they want to be a woman, notice that they never dress normal or act normal. You're probably thinking to yourself, what do you mean by that, Brad King? What do you mean by normal? Does normal even exist? Is there even a way to define that? Well, many of us know, any one of us that has ever had a girlfriend or a mother or a sister or a female in our life, we know that not all women dress up like whores. We know that not all women feel the need to put on lipstick, wear tight skirts, and be completely exposed to the world. Not all women are like that. There are some women out there that'll do that, but they usually do that for the sexual conception or they're wanting to impress people or they're wanting to get into a relationship or they're wanting sex or a one night stand. Do you notice that every transgender woman that you see, every guy that decides he's a woman, always dresses as the horror form of a woman, but never does the normal look. There's plenty of women out there. Notice, have you ever seen a transgender female that dresses like a corporate female person? Have you ever seen a transgender uh, dress up like a like a business type? No, they always dress like a slut or a whore. You'll notice during these parades and stuff, these pride parades, the people, they don't walk down the street wearing normal clothes or business outfits are people that you would hire at a job. Instead, they dress like they're in a fucking circus. They dye their hair all kinds of different colors, and they make it to where they become their very image that they've created for themselves. Do you notice that? Do you notice that some of these people, they usually, whenever they're talking... Are they behaving? They're really outspoken and really wild. When they speak like, oh, God, like this. Not all women talk like that. So why do you got to ask yourself, why do they choose that version of what they think a woman is whenever they're doing their shit? Why is that? Why is it whenever they go on the Oprah Winfrey show or any of these talk shows they dress up all scandalous and all like, uh, what the hell is that woman called? Gaga or some shit like that, where she always dresses all sporadic and crazy and all that. Almost to the point where she looks like a damn alien and the attractiveness of a woman is completely gone in the process. That's what I'm talking about. And none of it at the end of the day, helps them get normalized in society. No one ever watches a gay parade and says, this is supposed to be normal. This is what a woman looks like. This is what a guy looks like. This is this, this is this. 
It's all theatrical. It's all dramatic. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Have you seen any transgenders out there where you just look at them and you think, yeah. Have you ever seen one single transgender on the internet that isn't dramatic or acting in accordance to trying to get attention or act crazy? I mean, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say right now that I wanted to dress up like a woman and make a video. Well, if that's really something I felt I wanted to do, why wouldn't I just dress up like my sister in normal clothes or dress up like my mother in normal clothes or what she used to look like? Why would I dye my hair for? Why do I think that being a woman means that I have to have my tits showing or I have to have boobs? Have you ever asked that question? If you did decide as a guy that you wanted to become a woman, why do you feel like you need to cut your penis off? Why do you need to surgically have breasts put on you? Are you not a woman unless you have these physical representations? Is a woman more than just physical body or is there something more to her, like her consciousness? Can't you continue to walk around looking like a guy but just have the feeling that you're a woman? Do you really have to change it all in order to look like that? Kind of reminds you of a mechanic, doesn't it? A mechanic's got a cheap motorcycle and figures if I stamp Harley Davidson on it, suddenly it becomes a Harley Davidson motorcycle because it's got the logo. It has nothing to do with the fact that actual Harley Davidsons are unique in their own way and they don't require anything else. That's one of the big reasons why I don't think that transgenders actually exist. When you say that you feel some way, it doesn't have any impact or substance to me, no more than if I were to tell you I feel like I'm Harry Potter. It's the same way whenever you're talking to atheists, and atheists say that they know that there's a word that defines something that Christians believe in, but at the end of the day, they'll say they don't believe in that thing that a word has been given for. I'll give you an example. They'll say, we know that there's a word for God, but we don't believe that that thing is actually real, but there is a word that describes what it is that religious people believe in. Does that make sense? Well, the same way atheists look at religion is the same way I look at transgenders and people with this kind of arousal issue. There's a word that describes the delusion, but the delusion has no reality to it, if that makes sense. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know this is a very unusual, strange video, but I think most of you would agree that just because you wake up one day and you believe that you're something or you feel like you're something, like there's a lot of religious people that I've talked to on the internet who've lost their fucking mind who actually think that they're Jesus Christ. They actually think that they're God in human form. Just because they believe that, just because they feel that way, it doesn't make it necessarily so. And I think that most religious people who are normal, as well as atheists out there, would agree with me that just because someone wakes up tomorrow and claims to be Jesus Christ or the reincarnation of John F. Kennedy or Marilyn Monroe, it doesn't make it so. That's why we have mental asylums and institutions. That's the reason why people are medicated. 
We do, unfortunately, have a lot of people out there who were either born fucking psycho or they get into an accident or they get high a lot when they're a kid and then their brain turns to fucking oatmeal and then we start having these anomalies in society. Now, some people out there, I didn't say that I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to add to this before I end the video. The reason why I think that there's so much explosive shit about transgenders coming out nowadays, that this has become like an epidemic, is because I think a lot of people do this, especially young people, because they want to fit into society. Young people pay attention to what gets them rewarded. If a little boy thinks that he's going to be treated nicer in school and make more friends by pretending to be gay, he'll do it. Did you know back in the 80s, there were some guys who actually thought that women would trust them more and hang out with them more, and they'd have an easier chance of getting down the pants of a woman if they were to pretend or claim they were gay? That's right. They might get the shit kicked out of them by guys, but women, for some reason back then, thought it was cute if a guy was gay, and it made them feel like they accomplished something by conquering the guy they thought was gay. I know it's fucking weird, right? But that's one of the weird shit that was going on during the 80s for the longest time. So I think that my theory is, is that the reason why a lot of people are like this is not just for attention or some warped version of narcissism, but during the 60s and all the way up to the 80s, a lot of people did drugs. A lot of people put a lot of crap into their system. We've eaten a lot of unhealthy foods, and I think it's affected our hormones. And I also think that the drugs that parents took when they ended up having children, whether they became Christians or started going to church or whatever, or changed their life. Unfortunately, when you put drugs in your system, it's going to affect your genetics and your DNA, and then your kids are going to come out fucking retarded. That's uh that's what happens. And that's not an insult. That's There's no hate there. I'm just saying. It's the same reason why you're not supposed to be smoking cigarettes because you're going to cause whatever your child is that's going to be born to be maybe having issues because of it. It's the same reason why if an alcoholic gets a woman knocked up, the child might have all kinds of issues because of all the shit in their system. And during the 80s and 90s and 70s, people were massively drinking and doing drugs and not taking care of themselves, doing mushrooms, acid, that kind of shit. And that's the reason why we got people running around in fucking flamingo out outfits on the street and showing their dick off in front of kids and all that. That's obviously something's wrong with them. Something happened um, in the womb. You see what I'm saying? All right. That's all I got to say about all that shit. This is not a hate video. I love everybody. I'm just telling you some theories I have.
ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. When you get an opportunity, check out the links in my description. You can check out my exclusive videos on Rumble. I am on uh, many different video sites, and I'm also on international radio. People can listen to me on Spotify and Amazon. And I've also got interest and plans of doing some more live shows. But most likely not where I'm being the main host. I really like doing shows with TTOR. It's just up to him whenever he wants to schedule them and send me a link, and we'll do it like that. We'll stream it through his site as well as my YouTube channel. And uh, it's been going pretty good. Let me know what you guys think about that. As many of you know, on my community page, if you go to the front of my YouTube channel, you can click on the community tab. And I allow people to vote for different topics that I've thought of, um, things that I see that people question or they wonder about. And I also throw up some very unusual stuff as well that other people are not talking about, just to see what it is my audience would like to hear about, the kind of videos or content that you want to listen to. And one of the big uh, things that people voted for on my prior surveys was why does God allow evil? Why does God allow suffering in the world? So I'm going to respond to that today. And I would also encourage all of you to check out my community page. That way you can kind of help direct where my YouTube channel goes. I'll throw up several topics, and then you vote on the ones that you think would be interesting or that you want to know. And always feel free to put your own topics up there as well. You're able to leave a comment, say, Brad, I'd like to know about this. I'd like to know about that. And if enough people respond to you, or I find that it's interesting, I will get around to making a video to you about it. And as usual, if any of you want to make videos to me, you're more than welcome to post them to me directly, either in my comments or on my community page. Hell, and if I'm responding to your video, I'll let people know where your channel is and where the original questions came from, and then I'll attempt to answer it. As far as uh, God allowing suffering and evil in the world, where does this question usually come from? It usually comes from sometimes Christians or people of faith who have had some problems, who've had some issues in their life. And they ask that question of, you know, if there's a loving God, then why does it seem like the world can be unfair sometimes? And that's a perfectly natural question to ask. Whether you believe in God or not, a lot of atheists ask the same question. If there is a God, then why is there so much pain and suffering? It's actually a perfectly natural question, but unfortunately, even whenever it's coming from some Christians as well as some atheists, sometimes it's not done in the most honest way either. See, one thing I've learned in my life is if you really truly want to deal with a problem, if you really feel like there's something wrong or you feel like there's a problem, then you need to find out the root source of it. You need to find out where is the suffering coming from? Where is the evil coming from? Why is it even happening in the first place? There's no doubt. There's no question that the world that we live in is unfair. 
There's no question that good people suffer and hurt all the time. People who do not deserve to hurt and suffer have this happen to them all the time. So it's understandable why people would chirp up and say, what's the deal? A lot of atheists, whenever they're speaking about God, they talk about God as though he's just some old man that lives in the clouds who just watches his little ants below, basically under a melting pot. Some atheists even suggest that God enjoys watching the suffering and the pain that happens in the world. One of the big memes that a lot of non-believers, as well as even a couple religious folks out there, I've caught. They'll say, what about the children in Africa? What about these kids that are starving to death? Why are the kids in Africa starving for? Is it because a bunch of black people are running around in the country killing white farmers and killing each other and enslaving each other even in modern times? Is it because there's constant tribalism and constant wars and political nonsense happening all the time? So if we really look at the problem, the problem is coming from the same humans who are complaining about God being evil. In order to be able to stop the suffering and pain in the world, the problem that is making all the issues has to be dealt with, right? I mean, in order to stop evil, you have to stop the evil generator in which it's coming from. And I would suggest this. If God today, in the very next five minutes, were to make the decision that he was going to interact with the entire human race and get rid of anybody that generates evil or wrong or hurt towards someone else, I can tell you right now, with absolutely no doubt in my heart or my mind that a lot of Christians would be destroyed and a lot of atheists would be destroyed, if not most of them. I have never met a great and wonderful giving atheist before in my life. Most humans, whether they're religious or non-believer, are very selfish people. So if God did interact, God's not just going to deal with the result of evil. He would deal with the evil itself and where it's coming from. And we, ladies and gentlemen, are the root of the problem. We are the very root of the issue. So think about that. According to God, everything that we do, whether we think it's big or small, anything that we do that causes harm or causes someone offense or causes someone sadness or causes someone to lose hope, our children to stumble in their faith, it's because of us. It's because of the parents, it's because of the teachers, it's because of our leaders, it's because of our government. If you really, really honestly want to know why there's evil and suffering in the world, then you have to look at the very issue. Now, some people might say, yeah, that's true, Brett. 80% of the pain and suffering that happens in the world is because of people. But what about the issues that have nothing to do with people, like what's happening in nature? Well, if you ask any liberal out there, especially a lot of these liberals who call themselves the Greenpeace, they'll tell you that we've caused a lot of damage to our environment as well. 
So when you get these big tornadoes or you get these big storms and all this destruction where entire cities and towns are being wiped out and entire neighborhoods are being destroyed by nature, according to a lot of people, including scientists, we're the reason behind that as well. We're not all of it, but we're contributing to our own destruction. Now, people are going to say, okay, this is all true, Brett. You're right. We're the reason why this is the deal. But what about the good people? Can't God do something about that? Well, that's a fascinating point that I've heard some people put out. But what about some of the good people? Well, I personally believe that God has done good in my life. And I can think of thousands of Christians on the internet who have made countless videos who said that God has interacted in their life and because of God, their life is better. But they had to make the choice of actually saying to God, I'm willing to sacrifice things. I'm willing to sacrifice my greed and my selfishness. I'm willing to not love the things of this world and the material things. And now people are coming to the realization that they don't need to be rich. They don't need to be wealthy. They don't need to have the best, you know, video game console in the world in order to live strong, happy, peaceful, content lives. Some people realize that money isn't going to buy you love. And those people are living pretty good. You can actually be financially poor and live the most beautiful life that you've ever had. You could be living in a cabin with a beautiful woman and hunting off the land and not even bothering to be distracted by the problems of this world. But a lot of people, they feel pain because they're not able to achieve or accomplish something some celebrity or popular person ever did. The point is, is that a lot of the pain that we suffer is pain that we put on ourselves that is unnecessary. A lot of us, we think about money, 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 and what is it that I can do to make my own people do good? Well, God doesn't care a damn bit about money. He doesn't care about if you've got the most expensive television or high definition or the best video camera to record your face on so you can blab. He cares about the human soul. He doesn't just care about you in this life, but what your future will be once you go into eternity. Let me tell you guys a little story. It's kind of a joke, really, but it actually has a lot of serious meaning to it. There's a a scientist and uh, an atheist, not the same person, just a scientist and an atheist, they die, as everybody inevitably does. Remember, it's just a story, ladies and gentlemen, so don't get all freaked out. The atheist and the scientist die on the same day. Thousands of people die a day, ladies and gentlemen, so the hypothetical and the story could be uh, considered truth. So they're standing before God. The atheist, of course, is shocked. So is the scientist. Well, the scientist says to God, he goes, wow, you really do exist. You are real. This is amazing. But here's the thing, God. As I stand here at Judgment Day, I say to you this. As a scientist, we, as a science community, we don't really require God. 
you're not required in order for us to exist. We've been able to do just fine without you. We've been able to invent things. We've been able to create things. We're able to absorb knowledge. We can make anything that we need or want in order to be able to survive and find convenience in this life. You just simply have no place in this universe anymore. God is what the scientist says. And God shakes his head, gives a smile, and then looks at the scientist and says, so you're saying that you don't require me in order to exist. And the scientist says, that is correct. And God says, can you create anything? And the scientist looks at him with a snobby look on his face, giving a snobby expression, and says, uh, yeah, I can create. I can create anything. You know, if given enough time, I can create an entire universe myself if I wanted to. Now he's getting a little bit too narcissistic, but go along with me on this. And God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. You say that an intelligent designer is not required, and God opens his hand, and inside of his hand is a rosebud. God says, I want you to create this. And the scientist says, what? God says, I want you to create this little bitty rosebud. I want you to create one. And the scientist says, well, I need my lab. I need my, I need to get up some material and I need to get the chemicals and all that. I'm sure I can do something. I just need enough time. And God says, whoa, 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 Mr. Scientist, hold on for a second. Um, you don't get to use anything. You see, all the materials and the chemicals in the universe, every property that you know of, all space and time and matter, I made it. You have to now make this out of nothing, just like you claim that I did. The scientist says, whoa, um, but I, I, need, I need to be able to have the rule set. I need to have the material. I, I need to work under natural laws, God says. I made the natural laws. I made everything. But now, unless you can make the rose out of thin air, unless you can create the very elements yourself, then you're not doing anything. You're simply using what I made already. And God basically brushes the scientist off. That was the end of the scientist. Now comes the atheist. <laughs> the atheist says, Let's say the atheist is Christopher Hitchens. We're going to use some of his biggest arguments that he ever did against God, claiming that God is not great. Christopher Hitchens looks at God and says, Why did you allow all those Africans to starve to death? Why did you allow all that suffering? Why did you allow pain throughout humanity? So as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Hitchens has given his usual arguments were all based upon emotion and how he perceives the existence of humanity. And God looks at Christopher Hitchens and says, what did you do for humanity? If I am considered evil by the very statement that you've made, then let's turn that around on you. What have you done, Hitchens? How many charities were you a part of? How many times did you visit other countries and actually help people? Oh, that's right. You didn't. You did drugs and you drank alcohol until you were dead. 
you were unhealthy. You didn't even love yourself enough to take care of yourself. And that's the reason why you're dead now and standing before me. You didn't do anything but stand behind a podium and bang your hand like a Baptist preacher telling the world that I am not here and that I don't exist. But you didn't make any effort to make the world a better place. Anybody can complain. Anybody can get popular. Anybody can feed their ego and narcissism. But what did you do, Mr. Hitchens? What did you do, Mr. Stephen Hawking? What did you do, Mr. Richard Dawkins? What did you do? You complained about other people's beliefs and views. You claimed about what people cared about had no substance to it. You literally brought hopelessness, but you didn't bring anything good to the table. You had the ability. Richard Dawkins, you were smart. Hitchens, you were articulate. You could have tried to encourage people to do better or do right. And you could have used all the money that you made doing what you do to actually help benefit the world. But you didn't. Along with all your rich friends. That's what we notice about a lot of atheists out there, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? And this isn't the video to dump our non-believers, but non-believers are always complaining about what's happening in the world and all this. But they contribute to the evil, that's the point. They contribute to the suffering. And then they have the audacity to say to God, but what are you going to do, God? Let me tell you what God did, ladies and gentlemen, in case some of you out there have forgotten. First of all, God created the entire universe. He gave us a world where it already had all the resources required. He gave you the ability to make a family. He gave you the ability to have children. And if you can't have children, you always have the ability to adopt. He created life itself, and he created the very ability to even exist in the first place. To live the life that you want to, no matter if it's evil or good, you have a choice. God loved you so much that he gave you the free will to be able to do what you want. And if all you chose to do throughout your entire life was complain instead of be the generator of good in life and love, then you're a part of the problem, aren't you? You're just another broken spoke in the machine complaining about its place. And that's the issue, ladies and gentlemen. So God's last response to the dead atheist is, I created you with arms and legs and hands. I created you and I infested your very soul with the power and the ability and the heart to be able to do something good, yet you chose to do nothing. And the atheist has the audacity to say to God, but what did you do? Besides creating the entire universe and existence itself, and even the potential to feel joy and peace and love. God says, well, I came down to humanity many times. I died on the cross for you all. I loved you so much that I died for you. I came down to the world in the Old Testament, and I got rid of entire groups of people so other groups of people would be able to flourish that were trying to do good. Every time I got rid of evil people or tried to do something about evil, you would then get on your YouTube video and complain about how evil and horrible I am. 
I got rid of all the evil leaders and evil governments and bad kingdoms in the past. And every time I did it, I wasn't praised or respected for trying to make the world a better place for humanity. You see, God already existed in that type of scenario. There was already, when you read the Bible, you already read about a God who interacted with humanity. And every, if you read the Bible, anything that you've ever asked or wondered nowadays, why isn't God doing this or why is God doing that or why does God allow this? If you read the entire Bible cover to cover, whether you're religious or non-believer, you're going to find out that God tried every scenario possible. So at the end of the day, most people are probably going to ask, well, then why wasn't God able to accomplish it? Why have people gotten worse? Why has things gotten more terrible, even though God did interact and do all these things? Well, that's a question for humans, isn't it? Why? God knows everything. He knows that humans are going to get worse and worse and worse. In the end, it's going to be bad. The only reason why God hasn't come yet is because there's still some of us out there that want to change and want to do better and do good. But there's going to be a day where it becomes like the day of Noah, where people decide they don't care anymore, where the entire population says, I give up. I don't care about the environment. I don't care about my fellow man. I don't care about my neighbor. It's about me, me, me. And the day comes when humans have become absolutely irrelevant and useless. When humans have become fully hopeless and decided to hold everybody else accountable instead of themselves for the greed and selfishness of this world until humans decide to look inward as opposed to outward and do something about it. This is the way this world will remain. When will it end when we all finally conclude that there's no point anymore, no reason for even trying? And that's the point of it. And why does an all-knowing God do this? Because perhaps in this way of doing things, it allows you the free will to come to him with loving open arms. You got to choose if you want to marry into that commitment. And maybe God has tried this scenario millions and millions of times, interacting here and there, stopping this. According to millions of Christians around the world, the reason why they are Christian is because they've either seen God, they've heard God, and they've actually seen what God has actually done for them in their life. That's why Christianity is the most popular religion in the world because Christians are known to be very outspoken about whenever God does something for them or lets God see something that they may have not seen before. So when you hear that atheist say, where is God? Why isn't God doing something? Perhaps God is only working with people that he thinks will actually use the blessings that they get for good. Perhaps God is only giving to those that he knows won't use it for a weapon against others or hurt people. 
A blessing can become a curse if it's in the wrong hands, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine what would happen if Adolf Hitler had prayed for immortality and God gave it to him. Although it might be nice for Adolf Hitler, it wouldn't be nice for all the people he plans on killing and hurting. Why would God give a bunch of money to a person who's only going to buy them a new Xbox and say the hell with the rest of the world? You see, if you're going to give good things to people, make sure you give it to people who are going to use it for the good and for the better. At the end of the day, the all-knowing God is going to know what is optimal for humanity, the best route to take, the best direction to take. God knows before it all started that some people weren't going to climb out of the pool. Some people weren't going to do something to make life better. No matter what scenario it is, not everybody can be saved unless God forces his hand. And let's face it. We've seen what happened whenever God went against free will in the Bible. That's right. In the Bible, there were many times where God did things that other pe that humans did not like, especially the kingdoms that were doing evil things. They did not appreciate it whenever God sent flames and fireballs from the sky and blew their ass up in order to make another group of people out there happy. <laughs> so is that what you want? I want you all to really think about that in modern times. When you say you want God to do something about evil, does that also include you? Who does that include? Your mother, your father? Who do you want God to deal with? Who's the problem? And can that problem be resolved by you? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to finish the video with this. Just like God responded to the atheist. I gave you legs, I gave you arms, I gave you the mind and the consciousness and the soul, I gave you the power. You are the very thing that I created to make the world better. Why didn't you? Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you're watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. When you get an opportunity, check out the links in my description. You can check out my books, my music, art, merchandise. You can also check out my official website, and you can also listen to me on the radio station. I have a radio station that is connected to everything from Spotify, Amazon, you name it, I'm on it. 
I'm international, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, as many of you know, I'm a YouTuber who likes to help out a lot of people. I especially like to help out other Christians out there, as well as people who are my friends, who are having a difficult, challenging time on YouTube, not only with how they edit their videos or how they work stuff. I do tutorials where I teach people how to use software and programs. But today I'm going to teach you how to use some things that will help you in, uh, with your health and with psychological warfare that goes on on YouTube. I'm going to give you some programs here that are absolutely free that will stop all the aggravation that you may have ever dealt with on YouTube. And I'm also going to show you how to automatically archive your videos to tons of different websites out there in case YouTube ever censors you or shuts you down or there's videos you want to make that you know that YouTube will knock you down for because they're liberals and liberals and Democrats get very, they get scared, they get nervous, their feelings get hurt and then they go on a killing spree and they'll unmonetize you, destroy your channel. Uh, knock you down to where you can't make videos for a long time or whatever. Well, what I'm about to teach you is your videos are going to go to several different websites at the same time. Every time you upload something, your video will appear somewhere else. First of all, you're going to need to register for one, an Odyssey account. Now, Odyssey isn't great for views, but it is great for archiving and keeping a copy of your video everywhere. Now, if you're looking to get monetized and you want to make some money off of your videos, then you can connect your account to Rumble. Now, Rumble's pretty cool. Let me show you how to look at this real quick. You can do a thing called YouTube Sync, YouTube Channel Sync. It's right here. And what this will do is it will connect all your YouTube channels to Rumble. So every time you upload a video, it's going to go over to Rumble. It's going to automatically put all the information in. It's going to fill in the title and make a copy of your video. And it will have all the information that you provided on YouTube right there on Rumble. So you have a copy of it. And on top of that, if you're a smaller YouTube youtuber and you haven't got the partnership you're not getting paid well rumble does pay you it pays you the moment that you start doing videos i used to not like this site in the past but after digging around in the settings and realizing all the cool things it can do for you i knew it was something i had to participate in i had to be a part of if youtube ever gets rid of me They'll not be able to do anything about my radio, Rumble, Odyssey, or any of the other sites. Now, if you look at other video sites out there, folks, you're going to notice a lot of them nowadays have the same kind of setting. All you have to do is sync your channel up with your YouTube, and it'll take it down. Now, there's another thing. There's also, once you sync your channel, you can also do vice versa. Let's say you don't want to upload to YouTube directly. If you upload something to Rumble, it will also send a copy over to YouTube if you set it up to do so. Just by turning it on, you click a button, it says, yeah, every video I put on Rumble will go over there. Now, obviously, the whole point of using Rumble and these other sites is so you can put your exclusive content 
videos that you think YouTube wouldn't like. So maybe you don't want to turn that on. Just keep it on to where it takes videos from your YouTube channel. That way you don't have to go to a website and re-upload and re-upload and re-upload. You basically upload once to YouTube and that's it. And of course, if YouTube ever gets rid of you, well, you've got all your stuff everywhere else, so it doesn't really matter. And think about this, ladies and gentlemen. If your channel goes down, you can always click sync whenever you make a new YouTube channel and it'll send your videos back over to YouTube in a matter of moments. Isn't that beautiful? So you never waste any time. It's just five minutes of clicking buttons and voila, you're done. Okay, so I've helped you with a lot of physical work and aggravation that YouTube causes you. Now let me tell you about another thing that I got. It's called BlockTube. This is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. You see, on YouTube, unfortunately, when you start making a big fan base, when you start getting relevant and popular, like I've been for 20 years, you will amass some haters. You will not be able to please everyone. There is no way. I have never seen anybody on YouTube ever make a channel that was loved by everybody. You go to anybody's channel and I'll put a million dollars down that says, if you look through their comments, sooner or later, you're going to find a complainer, someone who's bitching or someone who doesn't agree. It's the way it is. And a lot of these people, they make the effort of purposely going to videos that they don't like so they can complain and bitch or tell the person that they're ugly or stupid. I have ran into a lot of fucking losers like this who just, they don't know how to go watch stuff they like. I never subscribe to anything. I will never put money down to watch a streaming channel or a show that I don't like. That's not normal. That's mentally ill. And there are a lot of mental patients on YouTube. It's like a fucking zoo. It's an asylum and the patients are running wild. I even came up with a new meme, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of people think is adorable. There's a difference. There's insane and there's outsane. Insane is when you're inside an asylum and you're not sane. Outsane is the people who are walking the streets that are absolutely fucking nuts. I know it's cute, right? It'll make a good bumper sticker, a t-shirt one day, which, by the way, I do make t-shirts. Let me get me a little drink here real quick. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So this block channel thing, it's pretty awesome. You've probably noticed that if someone out there, especially if you're popular, if people are making like a hate podcast about you or they're constantly talking about you, the sad thing is, is although you can block their channel normally with the base version of YouTube, unfortunately, if you search yourself, you're going to notice that those people's videos pop up right in, alongside next to you, right? Even when you upload a video, every time one of these scumbags decide to make a video talking trash towards you, you're going to see it on the right side, and it may show up in the search engines when you're looking for responses done to your own videos. Well, this takes care of that little problem. This is awesome. Just wait until you see what this bad boy can do. We're going to go to the normal YouTube channel. Let's say that I'm not a fan of Star Trek, which is a total lie. I love Star Trek. But you don't want to see Star Trek videos anymore. You're tired of seeing them. 
So you click on this. Now, normally you can just hit don't recommend channel and it won't, anything having to do with that topic won't show up on your stuff anymore. But if you click block channel, this doesn't just block it to where they can't go to your channel and make a comment anymore. It makes it to where their videos and their thumbnails and their titles, everything vanishes forever unless you go into the Iggy bin and remove their ass. So if I get somebody that comes to my channel and they're running their mouth, I got this set on automatic. And what it does is like, let's say somebody comes over and says, hey, fuck face. Well, fuck face is in my blacklist words. The moment that they say that, they will be auto removed from my channel and then blocked forever. I will never, ever see their channel, see their face, hear their voice ever again. I've got a lot of friends out there who got major harassers and people who aggravate them constantly. If they had this tool, they'd be able to make it to where these people disappear. It's as if they're not even there. No matter what you type in, no matter what you do, even if you tried looking for these people on YouTube to watch their videos, you won't ever see their videos anymore. They're gone. They won't even show up on the side anymore. Nothing. I've got a lot of people in my Iggy bin, and I never notice it. It's awesome. But my advice for you is this. When you're adding words that you don't like, like, for instance, one thing that is really stupid and annoying for me is when people mention a certain podcast I don't like. They even have a website, ladies and gentlemen, with a list of things that they know piss me off, and then they advise their fans and their audience to come over and do that on my comments to try to piss me off. Well, I took everything that they said on their list that they think will piss me off, I put it on my blacklist. So the moment they type the shit out or say something that references what pisses me off, it automatically removes it. So I can wake up in the morning, check my comments, and I'll never see the shit they said. It'll just be gone. <laughs> Their entire YouTube channel, gone. I don't have to see it, I don't have to hear it, and I don't have to read their fucking comments. My AI program takes care of everything for me. A lot of people don't know that because apparently there's a couple of people who still from time to time thought that it was a good idea to come over and do that. For a while there, I used to have it set to where I told the program to do it after I read the comments. But after realizing that these people don't stop and you can't rationalize with them, I just set it to automatic. I used to see this, the stupid shit that they were doing, and then I would tell the program to block them. But not anymore. I figure there's going to be certain words that are going to be said that I don't need to hear. And I don't, uh, now folks, don't get me wrong. I don't just get rid of like random cuss words or whatever on my blacklist. It's certain things that are annoying and where people are saying things where they're deliberately trying to. There are religious people as well as non-believers that I like that cuss and use colorful language and I don't want them to auto block them. So I haven't set it to do that. It's only if they say certain phrases like they mention a certain group, or they call me certain names or something like that, it auto gets rid of them. Well, let's say that I don't want to even give them an opportunity to do all that. I can just simply hit block channel. If there's anything that my AI missed, I just hit block the channel 
and they're gone forever. I love it. So sexy. Oh, God. Oh, goodness gracious. How do you get that? You simply go to your tools and extensions on Google Chrome, and then you'll download it. The thing's only a megabyte because it's literally grabbing words that you put into it and then shutting them down. It'll become bigger the more words you put into it, but you can have a thousand words and it won't go over two megabytes. So that's awesome. Okay. So let's see, what else do we got? We've talked about video syncing. We've talked about how to deal with losers on the internet and all that. Well, I guess I'll tell you guys a little bit about some of my hobbies, some of the things that I do whenever I'm not uh, doing YouTube. Well, one, I like to hang out with my family. I love to hang out with my children. Uh, lately, I've been finishing up a show called The Blacklist with James Spader. I really enjoy that show, even though it's starting to get aggravating because they have too many secrets and they're not revealing any. I kind of like my drama to get around to the point after about an hour, but this show really, really drags out, but it's good. I like watching stuff like CSI, Law & Order, and whenever I'm not watching TV, I like to work on graphic designs. Many of you out there probably don't know this, but I used to be a professional sound engineer that worked with music. I was also a website designer, which, by the way, I've gotten back into it. If anybody wants me to design a website for them, we can talk about pricing. I don't do it for free. Um, if anybody wants custom t-shirts or merchandise, I am able to create artwork and I can make your dreams come true on anything that you've ever wanted. You want a poster? You want a t-shirt? You want a mug? Something that has something cool on it. Make your make your uh, logo, you know, whatever your name is, look like it's blowing up out of the universe or something. I can do that. That's why my intros are so cool looking. Some of my videos are so awesome. Graphic design, that's what I do. And whenever I'm not doing all that stuff, I'm writing books. I love writing books. I've got about five, six books out there that exist. I did have more. But the original stuff that I wrote was whenever I was an atheist, and I had them unpublished and unpublicated. I didn't want copies being out there or people buying it. I used to, I had a book called The Atheist Bible. Now, since then, there's been some other people who have plagiarized me, and they've taken the title, but they have the right to do that because, like I said, I had the books unpublished. Anything that was in support or endorsed atheism, I got rid of it. I know some people are saying, but Brett, you could have made a lot of money off of those old books. I could have, but I care more about my belief and my faith in God and about helping Christianity than I do about helping out a bunch of uh, ridiculous-ass people out there that I have nothing to do with anymore. So it's gone. As far as hobbies go, one of the other things I like to do is my family, we collect animals. We've got tons and tons of animals. We've got kind of a tiny little farm going on where I take care of cats, possums, raccoons, and all the wild type of creatures out there. I've always thought it would be a good idea to get some more dogs. I definitely think that would be cool. And I've wanted a horse for the longest time, but my wife won't let me have it. It is what it is. So, if there's ever anything that's ever bothered you, 
or aggravated you, if there's something on social media or the internet that you wish was better or that you could do something with, just ask me about it. And most likely I've already found a solution or found a way to be able to make your browsing experience better. I have tons of extensions. I use tons of AI. And if there's something that pisses you off or annoys you, like for instance, Christians out there, I know a lot of you believe that it's your job to go find atheists and sow seeds and spread the gospel. But let's say there's some atheists you don't want to deal with anymore, that they're mean, they're cruel, they're hateful. You can use these extensions to remove that. And it's perfectly biblical. The Bible says that you're to go out and spread the gospel, sow seeds. But if you run into people who don't want to hear what you have to say, people are spitting in your face and mocking you and talking shit. You are to dust a sandals of your feet and walk the other direction, go somewhere else and not bother them anymore. Remember, sowing seeds is not a forced issue. You talk about your faith. If the person doesn't want to hear it, you're not supposed to continue to push it. And I know what some people are going to say, but Brett, you make all these videos shit talking atheists and you make all these videos about God and we don't want to hear it. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock, but it's my channel. It's my house, my church. If you don't want to see it, don't come in. That's that simple. I'm not pursuing you. You're pursuing me. You get it? I'm not going to go to your house and hang out and drink your fucking Kool-Aid. You know, the same Kool-Aid that rotted your brain. I'm not going to go pursuing your shit. So don't pursue my shit. It's that simple. And for those out there who don't know how to do this, if you are watching a video and you don't like what you see, on the video itself, there's a stop button. And up at the top right-hand corner of your browser is an X button. If you're watching something and you hate it, you can't stand it, it makes you feel like shooting yourself in the face with a water gun, then hit the fucking X at the top right-hand corner, close the browser, and go play Pokemon. Or with your My Little Pony toys. I got one challenging question of the day for you all. And then I'm going to end the video. I'm going to throw out a challenging question. And I want your opinion on this. Has a lot of you noticed that atheists like anima? Anime or whatever it's called. Do you notice that they like to look at pictures? And they put stuff on their YouTube channels of young female cartoon characters that are in some kind of sexual way. Why do you think they do that for? And why do all these anime characters look like little girls for? Can you answer that? Thank you. God bless.